it's that time again, people. You're going to listen to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the people's podcast. We are here to rock the podcast world. Right, how's it going, people? I'm here with another episode of Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the People's Podcast. Um, we love to rock the podcast world. Um, on this topic here, which I'm going to talk about, is is related to. I did a. I met a friend of mine during the week uh, in Edinburgh. Now, something I like my friend acquaintance, a guy. Who I think he's a great guy, and I actually. He's brilliant, and I was so I was grateful to meet this guy. And this guy is called Kev Orkin. Now, Kev Orkin is an actor, comedian. Uh, he's been on Britain's Got Talent in 2010. He's been sort of doing stand-up comedy circuit. Uh, before that, he's been in sort of theatre plays. Um, he's also he's developed his own little act, like the kind of comic pianist. pianist. Um, and uh, puts on his little his sort of kind of foreign accent, which is great. It's absolutely genius uh, how he does it. It's very very funny. Um, he's got and he's de- obviously he's developed other characters which I personally haven't heard of those one. I haven't heard them yet, so I can't comment on how good or bad they are. Uh, but I'm sure they are absolutely fantastic. Because of his original the one, I have heard his original original one I have listened to is very funny. I'm sure these ones are great, fantastic as well. Um, Kev also runs a production company as well, and he's does he's got his kind of got his fingers in a lot of pies. Uh, that's what we're trying to say. Um, so he's a, he's a busy man, and he's obviously he's always constantly searching talent, other talent as well, and uh, yeah, and to develop people who are in comedy. He's also got his project, the Howling Comedy Comedy Club, down uh, in where he stays near London. So. He's a busy, busy man, and he's uh, plus with being a father um, to twins, and also uh, it can't be. It's not easy for his wife when she's uh, having to play mum while he's earning the crust, uh, basically earning, bringing in the, the bread. Um, while he's travelling all over the world, and he's all he's in America, he's in every, he's everywhere. Uh, but he's a fantastic guy. He's more popular. And it had to be very. A very very impromptu in pod interview with him. I, I was meeting up with him and I did not really expect that I would actually do a proper a podcast with him because we're sitting in a cafe. It was a little bit quiet, it got a bit noisy, <clears throat> but I hadn't actually prepared anything. I just wasn't expecting it. I knew he was busy because he was performing in a, in a show called the uh, Alan Stewart's Big Big Variety Show in Edinburgh in the King's Theatre. Uh, I just completely didn't have the, the opportunity to I just thought I was going to be too busy uh, what, maybe was, so the schedule was a bit tight but we had a brief chat before we got a burger and we just chatted and we had some food and just had a blather it was something totally impromptu uh, it was good to this. it was good to see him anyway how I met Kev I met Kev um, through it was actually it wasn't it was 2010 it was proves how time or 2010-11 it proves how time has flown 
um, that when he was up here, he had a he was, when he was living in one of the, a flat. Uh, well, well, he was performing in the festival. He, I run it. Obviously, my, my, what I do is I run a cleaning company, and I one of my um, I got passed a job through one of my subcontractors, my contractors, well, cut subcontractors. He's subcontracting me. So I went to clean his house, got a chatting to him, got to see his show, helped him out the next again year when he came up, came up again. Uh, good to see him, to see his show and stuff. So it was actually nice to catch up with the guy. Uh, it's been amazing how time flies and it's, uh, it's, it's just scary how we're just getting old. Uh, and we go, wow, who does? And you realise the last thing you spoke to somebody or you think, oh, this happened then, you go, what? Wow, we have like four years gone or five years and it's just quite scary how time flies these days because we're so busy. So anyway, I had a brief chat with Kev and it was just totally impromptu. So you'll get a wee chance to hear it if you can hear hear it with a little bit of things that go in a restaurant, plates getting washed and in the background or washed but clattering of plates and stuff. Uh, people, so you'll hear, hear what you hear basically. So, but um. But yeah, it was good. But Kev, um, but I noticed what Kev has been doing recently online. He's been uh, acknowledging because I just watched a video he put up on his Facebook page uh, regarding because he's Armenian. He's basically he's born in England, but he's born to Armenian parents. That his um, his fat his great grandfather, uh, grandparents were involved in the genocide in nineteen. Uh, 15, so technically it's 100 years since the Armenian Genocide which happened in Turkey and now I had a, a brief I looked it up just to so at least you know what I'm talking roughly what I'm talking about but could be not all facts online are correct and I'm sure with sometimes getting things from the horse's mouth as in somebody who's Armenian can give you the more uh, more of an insight to what actually happened or what obviously happened because it wasn't, it wasn't there then but has more of an insight to the story because of the Armenian Armenian community. So, basically to give you a rough idea of what, what the kind of gist of the story was, that in 1915, uh, there was, in Turkey, there was about two, two million Armenians, um, and basically 1.5 million were massacred. They were uh, killed because they wanted to get, to get rid of them. Uh, and uh, the bottom line, the kind of, the gist of the, story when it comes to later on that the there was only X amount left. They basically they moved to Germany and there was about three hundred thousand three to four hundred thousand left and they said they wouldn't say anything. I say that you didn't it wasn't anything to do with the genocide kinda of the killings and they moved and uh basically hence the reason but well the exact number is three thousand eight hundred and eighty Armenians Nineteen twenty-two, when it's when, when it was over, uh, and the that's what that's what so it's just quite um quite a sad story. I mean, it's genocide. What's happened recently? I mean, you've had genocide in Rwanda and other countries. Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read sort of roughly what the sort of, this is on the History Channel. How much this is accurate or is accurate? Not accurate. I'm sure people who are listening to this who are maybe from Armenia or Kev will be able to correct or state otherwise, or might, this might be as accurate as it is, you just don't know. Um, 
but it's certainly something that's quite shocking and certainly it's such a shame um, so basically in, in 1915 leaders of the Turkish government set in motion a plan to expel the massacre, massacre Armenians living in the Ottoman Empire though reports vary most sources agree that there were about 2 million Armenians in the Ottoman Empire at the time of the massacre by the early 1920s when the massacres and the deportations finally ended some 1.5 million of the Turkey's Armenians were dead with many more forcibly removed from the, from the country today most historians call this event a genocide a premeditated and systematic campaign to exterminate an entire people however the Turkish government does not acknowledge you know, the enormity of scope of these events, despite pressure from Armenians and social justice advocates throughout the world, it is still illegal in Turkey to talk about what happened to um, to Armenians during this era. Um, so the roots of the genocide, the Ottoman Empire, the Armenian people have made their home in um, Caucasus region of uh, Eurasia um, for some three thousand years. For some of that time, the Kingdom of Armenia. Uh, an independent entity at the beginning of the 4th century AD, for instance, it became the first nation in the world to make Christianity its official religion, but for the most part controlled the region, shifted from the one empire to another during the 15th century. Armenia was uh, absorbed into the mighty Ottoman Empire. Um, the Ottoman rulers, like most of their subjects were Muslims. They permitted religious minorities like Armenians to maintain some uh, autonomy, but they also subjected Armenians, who were viewed as infidels, to uh, unequal and unjust treatment. Christians had to pay high taxes. Uh, Muslims, for example, had uh, example and had they had they had very few political and legal rights. Uh, in spite. Um, sorry, Andy had I'm reading it wrong. Uh, in spite of these obstacles, Armenian's community thrived under Ottoman rule. They, they tended uh, to be better educated and wealthier than their Turkish neighbours, who in turn tended to re resent their success. This resentment was accompanied by suspicions that the Christian Armenians would be more loyal to uh, Christian governments. That. Uh, that of the Russians, for example, who share, uh, shared an unstable border with Turkey, that uh, they were uh, to the they were to the Ottoman uh, cal Caliphate. Excuse me. These suspicions grew more uh, acute uh, as the Ottoman Empire crumbled. At the end of the nineteenth century, the, the despotic Turkish Sultan Abdul Hamid II, obsessed with loyalty, loyalty over all, um, and infuriated by the, the nascent. Nascent Armenian campaign to win basic civil rights declared that he would solve the Armenian question once and for all. I will soon settle those Armenians, he told a reporter in 1890. I will give them a box on the ear and will make them relinquish their revolutionary ambitions. Excuse me. Um, the first the first Armenian massacre. Between 1894 and 1896, this box on the year took the form of a state-sanctioned uh, pogrom in response to large-scale protests by Armenians. The Turkish military officials, soldiers and or ordinary men sacked Armenian villages um, 
uh, villages and cities and massacred their citizens. Hundreds of thousands of Armenians were murdered. The rise of young Turks. Which is in 1908, a new government came to power in Turkey. A group of reforms who called themselves the Young Turks other other sorry overthrew uh, Sultan Abdul Hamid and established the more modern constitutional government. At first, the Armenians uh, were hopeful that they would have an equal place in this new state, but they soon learned that what the nationalistic Young Turks wanted most of all was to um, Turkify the empire. According to this way of thinking, non-Turks and especially Christian non-Turks were a grave threat to the new state. In World War One, in 1914, the Turks entered World War One on the side of Germany and the um, Austro-Hungarian Empire. At the same time, Ottoman religion authorities declared jihad or holy war against all Christians except their allies. <coughs> Military leaders began to argue that the Armenians were traitors. If they thought they would, they could win independence if the Allies were victorious. Uh, this argument went. The ar uh, argument went. The Armenians would be eager to fight for the enemy. As the war intensified, Armenians organized volunteer battalions to help the Russian army fight against the Turks in the, the Caucasus region. This event and general Turkish suspicion of the Armenian people led to Turkey, Turkish government to push for the removal of the Armenians from the war zone along the Eastern Front. Genocide begins on April the 24th, so basically April 24th this year, 2015, it'll be 100 years. On April 24th, 1915, the Armenian genocide began. That day, the Turkish government arrested and executed several hundred Armenian intellectuals after that Ordinary Armenians were turned out of their homes and sent on death marches through the Meso trying to pronounce the name here uh, Mesopotamian desert without food or water. Frequently the marchers were stripped naked and forced to walk under the scorching sun until they dropped dead. People who stopped to rest were just shot. It's hard hitting this story and I'm sure it's very hard hitting for many, many Armenians reading these this type of thing and just knowing the stories of what their fellow families have gone through it must be horrific and I'm sure this is there's a lot I'm sure what I'm reading now I'm sure there's so much more graphic detail than this uh, this is obviously very tame um, but I'm sure there's so much more and I'm sure uh, you just hate to think what's happened then um, at the same time the Young Turks created a special organisation which in turn organised killing squads or butcher battalions to carry out, as one officer put it, the liquidation of the Christian element. These killing squads were often made up of murderers and other ex-convicts. They drowned people in rivers, threw them off cliffs, crucified them and burned them alive. In short order, the Turkish countryside was littered with Armenian corpses. You can just imagine that. All you can see is dead bodies. It's crazy. This is, I mean, the total the ways of killing. It's just, wow. It's quite frightening. Records show that during this Turk, uh, Turkification campaign, government squads also kidnapped children, converted them to Islam, and gave them to Turkish families. In some places, they raped women and forced them to join Turkish harem harems or serve as slaves. Muslim families moved into the homes of deported. 
Armenians and seized their property. In 1922, when the genocide was over, there were just 388,000 Armenians remaining in the Ottoman Empire. The Armenian Genocide today, after the Ottomans surre uh, surrendered in 1918, the leaders of the Young Turks fled to Germany, which promised not to prosecute them for the, the genocide. However, a group of Armenian nationalists devised a plan known as Operation Nemesis to track down to assassinate the leaders of the genocide. Ever since then, the Turkish government has denied that a genocide took place. The Armenians were an enemy force, they argue, and their slaughter was a necessary war measure today. Turkey is an important ally to the US and other Western nations, and so their governments have likewise been reluctant to condemn the long-ago killings. In March 2010, a US Congre congressional panel at last voted to recognise the genocide. Now that, I just read something very basic, well, as they say, very abbreviated, a rough guide to what is what goes, what's happened. I'm sure there's a lot, lot more depth uh, to this this has this story this this uh, that what happened to Armenians so but uh, it's a it's a hard yeah it's it's shocking how what's happened in the past in genocide in areas especially Armenia to remote Rwanda it's, it's, it's hard hitting uh, what goes on in these countries especially uh, maybe okay maybe I'm gonna step this step out and I'll let me hear maybe it might be a very controversial uh, statement to say that whatever you do believe whether you believe in Christianity or the Muslim that what what the what would you rather sort of follow if you were to, to choose Christianity where you know okay you could sort of say maybe in the Bible that Christians did murder people and stuff but in nowadays what, how often do you really see us going round, almost like forced converting people to follow, become Christians to follow Jesus? Um, it's but to see what Muslims are doing around the world, and I'm saying this cautiously, I would say that there's getting more extreme and extreme. Hence, the problem we have with ISIS at the moment, and all these people who. Are now, I've been listening to John Gaunt's podcast recently, and just to you get all these people, kids wanting to go over and join these the ISIS and marry jihadis or whatever. And if they want to, to be honest with you, if these people want to go, let them go, it's their choice. I tell you something, they think it's they're going to end up dead, or they're going to marry a suicide bomber. It's my someday he's gonna blow it bully he's gonna blow his own bollocks off. Fantastic oh, this is wonderful, great. Oh let's get married, I love you till till death. Oh it's gonna be a short marriage. Maybe a widower a widower maybe a widower very quickly. The guy's gonna blow his suicide bomber a bomb shot and gonna blow his own balls off, literally. Blow his rest of his body in bits. So um really if you are listening to a podcast this podcast and you are getting brainwashed by this this crap of ISIS which is going on around the world and it's constantly um, 
Yeah, you're. It's just constantly brainwashing people. These people are going to fly over there and support ISIS and murder people and be a factor of this. This is almost like a modern day genocide in some way or form because they're killing Christians, they're murdering innocent people, killing families. The war is the the, the war is going on over there is absolutely horrendous, and it's got to stop. And how do we stop it? How do we stop this? But anyway, let's lighten the mood a bit <laughs> without being a bit. Uh, I thought I just wanted to share that. I wanted to talk about that, but maybe as I say, I've had. A, I'm gonna just pl I'm gonna bring up the interview with Kev. It was very, uh, very off the cuff. It was good just to catch up with them. We play it. Um, okay, let's play it. I'm gonna hear it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hear it. Uh, you listen to the uh, the time I had with Kev, and take it from there. And you can. Hopefully next time when he's back up in Edinburgh we'll hook up again properly and um, we'll get a proper chat and uh, talk more, a, a lot, lot more of what he's done because I was just, I, I knew you, <laughs> you just know the stuff but you can't remember half of it and you go, eh, yes, I know that, I did know that but you know, you're sort of totally off the cuff or totally on the spot and you go, help, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but... Before he did talk about it briefly in a, a YouTube video, he was talking about he um, it was the the Teller Young brothers who were his obviously relative part distant relatives his relatives grand great grandparents. Uh, so he's obviously got a story to tell because it's uh, he's proud of his history, proud of his uh, heritage, and uh, maybe next time he's up, he can get a chance to actually properly chat uh, about. Um, his heritage and what maybe a bit more went on so well, please enjoy this uh, enjoy our chats with Kev I'm sure there's probably people that know Kev working um, he's an extremely in entertaining guy works extremely hard he's got a fantastic wife and two, two twin boys uh, extremely funny so he plays lots of beautiful little videos of them and they're very very funny absolutely brilliant and uh, no it He's <laughs> it's, it's very brilliant, sound guy. I can't, I can't really say brilliant enough, really, to be honest with you. But he is a sound guy, and works his ass off, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, so look forward to see him again. And I wish, I wish him a safe journey back to, to back down because he's flying off soon in May uh, to America. So he's a, a busy man, busy man. He's a popular man. So. Um, Fingers, fingers, fingers crossed. There, uh, uh, people are contacting me on Facebook. I should have had it off. But anyway, uh, anyway, here, here's their interview. I'll just shut up now. And here's the interview with Kev Orkin. And thank. Uh, so we'll speak to you in a minute, ladies and gentlemen. It's Kev Orkin. Yeah, baby. Before we start, I would like to say, uh, Fraser, who's um, who's 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 basically interviewing me is wearing a red t-shirt and is boiling and we're in the middle of uh, Edinburgh's cafe restaurant called The Purple Pig and this is the only place we could find quiet enough to do this interview so it's over to the interviewee ladies and gentlemen please welcome Fraser 
Yes, thank you, Kev. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, welcome to the Hatchet and Ramsey Unleashed podcast. Uh, we're interviewing Kev Orkin in the, as I say, the Purple Big Cafe. So, who is Kev Orkin? Please tell the, your, your fans, your well, peers. Well, the easiest way to answer that would probably be, be who's Kev Orkin, who's Kev Orkin, who's Kev Orkin, it, there's, about a, there's about a million names that go under, seriously, because everyone describes it differently. Um, but Kev Alkin is basically a actor, musician, stand-up comic, uh, comedy character, um, classical pianist, and, well, a concert pianist, because he also plays classical music, um, and an all-round businessman, showbiz entertainer. That's, that's literally what I do for him. So what, what, what got you into this? Uh, what got you into music? Music I've done all my life. Um, It was my mother's dream uh, for me to play the piano because she couldn't. She wasn't allowed, being an ethnic Armenian woman. She wasn't allowed to be creative. So basically, cut a long story short, when I was born, boom, she got me straight onto the piano. So at the age of three, three and a half, I started playing, and I still play, and I'm now 41. Okay. Well, well, um, as you developed into into your music, how did you... You got into comedy as well, and eventually, how did you... What made you come to England or Britain? Well, first of all, I was born and raised in England, so that was a that was a lot of homework you've done on that one. Well, yeah, no, 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 it's right. Don't edit this. Don't edit this. Because this is great. This is comedy, pal. No, I was born and raised in England. My parents were born in Armenia. What got me into what I do? It's literally, to be honest with you, I kind of studied the music and classical piano for a good 10 or 12 years before I actually got into college um, uh, well no sorry um, senior school and then I decided well actually you know I can link the comedy with it um, so that's what I did I, I linked the um, I linked the shows that I was doing I auditioned for a show called Fame in London um, and I got the um, I got the comedy part in that um, and literally organically the comedy and the piano kind of joined together um, after I was in my mid-20s so that's kind of how it developed and then obviously the stand-up the comedy and of course again my, some of my heroes um, Dudley Moore Victor Bulger Les Dawson were all heroes of mine that I thoroughly enjoyed and, and, and certainly wanted to be like one day so there you go so, so um, from when you were developing into your comedy and your music leading up to your how did you get known or were you doing lots of stand-up were you doing how were you developing yourself well to be honest with you um Getting known in this industry is a very difficult thing. You've, you've either got to be very, very lucky and have the right kind of uh, management and income behind you to be able to push you to fame, yeah. or you've got to just graft and 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 make it um, where the reputation precedes you. And that's what I've done. Um, I've never needed to be famous. Um, I've just needed to be respected for what I do. Um, but not in the sense that I don't go up to people and go, you need to respect me because I'm a performer. No, I just do it through my performance and through my act. And if people enjoy it, they'll come back for more. And that's what I want to do. I want to graft um, my career um, and make it interesting for people to want to come back and see more. Okay. So how did you, when you're bringing up your art, you're inventing yourself, how did you, what ideas do you think of which direction did you want to go to? Did you, Get the public to make. Uh, how do you, you phrase the word? To get the, to grasp the public, you're obviously everyone invents himself. You're thinking of an idea to go down, go down a route. No, not really. No, I think no, no. Actually, well, no. It, what I've what I've done is is I've taken a character that I believe I can do on stage, and I've developed it um, and put it onto the comedy circuit. 
you've just stuck with the same sort of model and just fine No, I haven't stuck with the same model at all. No, no. no. This particular character um, has been going for about 10 years, okay. um, which is this um, foreign piano player. Um, but I have another character called Dream Guru. I have another character that I do, um, uh, which is in development at the moment. I, I also am an actor, so I do a lot of different performances. I'm currently just finishing playing The Life of Dudley Moore in London. So... You, you you can't you can't put yourself into small brackets sure. because if you okay. do you won't you know you won't do what you want to do in life. Okay. What is your aim? What do you want to do? Like my aim is to have uh, a variety of careers in, in what I do. I, I I manage my own comedy clubs called Howlin. Um, I manage a production company called Key Change Productions. I manage my own career. I'm, I tour around the world uh, with my one-man shows. Um, I do cruises, I do comedy clubs, I do corporate shows, I do royal family shows. I, whoever books me for a certain performance, that's what I do. That's what it's all about. So I, 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 <laughs> uh, I just to tell you a lot, so I met Kev through the Edinburgh Festival. Now, I met Kev on a very... He was stalking me. Yes, but please, I thought, please admit it to your I, I, followers. Very, he was stalking me at the time. It was very random actually because I got passed a job to clean the flat that he was in. That's how I that's met right, him. That's yes, right, yeah. because, I remember that. And he did a terrible job. I know, thanks. It was great. It was wonderful. So I met. <laughs> it was. Uh, so that's how I met him. But then the second time he was in the, the festival, the, the, actually the, the time. He was in a place that you could. There's no parking spaces, and I was actually. That's right. I was actually. This is. I told him where he could park his car for free, and one day I drove that, past. That worked, didn't it? It was. It was free, but then I drove drove past, wondering, thinking his car's not there, and I was absolutely bricking it on somebody's next to his car, and you didn't tell me, and then obviously eventually I told you your last day you're leaving, you moved it. Yes, that's I went, right. Oh, flipping heck! I tell you that was frightening. Yeah, no, it's. Um this is Edinburgh. Um, yes. During the Fringe Festival, parking is a nightmare. Yes. Here, so, so uh, it's better to come up on a train. But uh, when you have a keyboard, it's very difficult yes. to tour with that. Would you ever do the f- festival again? Yes, I would do. Um, this year, I'm coming up only to um, view the shows, uh, simply because um, my comedy club, um, Howlin, has a number of uh, artists that we want to kind of promote and we want to look at and see what they do. Um, we've also got um, some interest in a brand new. Uh, project here in Edinburgh and if that all goes ahead next year 2016 will be a very big year for, for me coming up what's your project? can't tell you <laughs> under lock and key how are you uh, how are you finding being a dad to twins? very hard uh, very rewarding but very hard um, you know having twin boys is probably the hardest thing my wife and I emotionally have ever done um, they're a joy to be around. They're absolutely inspiring to watch. But it is the hardest thing we have ever done. We've not slept. Uh, we've hardly had any time to ourselves. Um, and I and I have to be honest with you, I, I think it completely and utterly disrupts your life, the whole thing. In a good way, but also in a very hard and emotional way. It can't be easy when you're travelling around working, obviously trying to bring in the No, bike. it's actually yeah. difficult for me because I don't like being away from the family because exactly. my wife at the moment is very... Um, is, is, is very alone um, she has help but she's very alone as well so being on her own it worries me um, but I've, I've got a lot of tours this year so I'm, I'm yes I'm trying to do the best I can for all of this really. okay that's, that's great so tell, 
how, how you, um, how's your show going? You're currently in Edinburgh, hence the reason why you're sitting here. That's right. This year, you've obviously got the famous Grant Stott from Radio 4th as well. That's right, yeah. Grant yeah. Scott and Andy Gray and uh, Alan Stewart, Saxation, Joe Caulfield and myself. And we're all on stage entertaining the uh, Edinburgh audiences for the next four days, five okay. days. So what's, your, what's the performance? Just a variety? It's mix, a variety mix show. Mix it's what variety should be. It's, uh, it's a bit of music, a bit of dance, a bit of, uh, uh, you know, instrumental, a, a nice orchestra. Uh, quite a lot of comedy so yeah it's all kind of entwined into a wonderful concoction which uh, started last night to a full house and, um, and we've got two matinees well we've got matinee today and an evening show um, and I believe we've got the same on Saturday okay tell us um, your, re- your recent um, post on Facebook is a following on Facebook a stalking on Facebook like a lot of people do stalking on Facebook uh, how did you find why what <laughs> can't think of the word I'm trying to say here. Kim Kardashian speaking Armenian. Oh, you saw that? Um, that just got... That, that, I think that's close to 10,000 hits, and it only, it's only been on a couple of hours. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, um, I, did a, I did a kind of a... I suppose, in a way, it's a jokey version of um, taking a picture and adding voice to it and doing some comedy with it. And it's, and it's really taken off. I mean, Armenians around the world are absolutely wetting themselves over this whole thing. And we're very proud of her, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not doing it because I hate her. I'm doing it because I actually think she's fantastic. Um, I do. I think she's brilliant. Um, to go to Armenia and to promote the Armenian genocide, which is what we're doing this year, you know, it's the 100th anniversary of the Armenian Genocide, it's a wonderful thing for her to be doing with her family, but you know you've got to look at the comedy side of it as well, which is what I do Tell, tell us about the Armenian Genocide what, what, what happened? It's what a too, too much of a long story Okay. Um, but to put into uh, really, really simple terms, in 1915 1.5 million Armenians were massacred um, and unnecessarily by the Turks, okay. so um, we're just wanting them to now put their hands up and go yeah you're right we did do this and you know um, we, we accept the fact that we we did it unnecessarily okay tell us about your businesses obviously you're, you're saying you run other companies production companies so I have a production company so called Key for, Change yeah we, that, we produce shows so is it show, mainly shows music as well or just no 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 everything, everything. We, we have, I mean, we do TV shows, podcasts, um, we do um, online shows, we do comedy shows, a- anything and everything, really. We'll see how it goes. Howling Comedy Club is the is the big company at the moment. It's the main, it's the mother company to all these other companies. Um, and Howling basically produces shows in and around England, London, uh, Dubai, um, and South Africa. You know, we, we, we put on a lot of comedy. That's what it's all about. Cool. Did you, have you heard of the Stan Comedy Club in Edinburgh? Yes, I played it. You played it? How did you find it? The difference completely? It's, it, every, every comedy club's different. What we want to do and perfect is the art of coming to a show that's being thought of Intentionally regarding the lineups, um, regarding the comedians, providing the right quality of entertainment to the customers, the audiences that come to watch it. Um, So the whole thing is based around um, the structure, I think, of how we put something together, which is why it's successful because we're taking a lot of venues in London and we're still growing daily. Okay. Who's your your best person to work with in the company sector? 
who's the best who, person to work with? Who do you like working with in the comedy sector? People, famous comedians out there already. Who do you like to work with? Oh, I've, everyone. I've worked with everyone and anyone. I, I really don't have a favourite. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, it's quite horrible to say that because, you know, you've always got a best mate or something. You could, I don't. I actually adore everyone I work with. Everyone who gets on that stage, is a, for me, is a massive respect. A massive. What was the, the show you recently did? Um, the... Down in England, you worked with um, was David Baddiel, who was producing it. David, no, David yes, Baddiel. now I'm going to put you to the test. What was my show that I did? And I can't remember because I've done... <laughs> yes, oh my, again, really, again this is your my... interview skills are fantastic. Okay, listen to me, it, listen, I'm only teasing. It was Omar you were working with as well. You see him? No, no, he, he wasn't, was, he, was, he, was he came to see the show. That's right, that's right, he came to see it. That's right, yeah. It was called The Infidel. That's right, that's Infidel. That's and it was the David Baddiel's film, which was converted into a musical. Um, and it was fantastic. We had a really good run, six weeks, eight weeks, something like that, in the um, in London um, at the Stratford East Theatre. Went an absolute storm. Full houses every night. Um, it's a very controversial show, but it was done with so much um, heart that people just adored it. Um, and there's potential of it coming back later in the year. Cool. And you had to cut your hair. Uh, no, I didn't have to... Well, I did cut my hair. The reason I cut my hair was because... I actually wanted to look different on stage as a as an actor, but I, then I had to grow my beard. So I, I kind of made myself look as comedically um, lovable, I think, okay. as possible. Because <laughs> when you're stereotyped as a as a Muslim man, yeah. uh, people have a I suppose in their in their heads they have a certain image, they have a certain style of what what a, a Muslim man can look like, and I didn't want that. I wanted to, you know I wanted to show the people that Muslims, Christians, Sikhs, to, uh, you know whoever that you are, it's it's down to the individual. It's not down to a stereotype. So the fact that he people walked in thinking oh he's a Muslim man, and then they end up going oh actually he's a Jew, because that's what I was. I was basically fighting the fact that I spent all like. 42 years of my life as a Muslim only to find out when my mother passed away that I was actually adopted by Muslims but I'm a Jew so that was the that was the comedy musical based around the character and that was great it was good fun so what was it like uh, tuning in America what's your response uh, the American fans because the comedy Americans in America is sort of different to here yes yeah. yeah Americans are uh, oh, wonderful, wonderful people. They'll come and support your show. They'll love what you do. Even if they hate you, they'll still tell you they love you. You know, they're great. Um, so I, I do a lot of tours in America. I'm doing. I'm, I'm actually going out in May to do a massive uh, TV show there. Um, so I'm doing that. Uh, then I come back and, you know, it's. I'm back out there all the time. What's the TV show? It's called the uh, American Entertainment and Television Awards. Oh, sorry, American Armenian uh, Entertainment and Television Awards. Was it, you know, was it last year or was it... Um... Some fundraising thing for our media and television. You, 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 you can't remember what it was. You can't remember no. that either, can you? Uh, so Do you know what, you ladies so and gentlemen? I'd just like to say he's sitting here clicking his fingers. He's got no paperwork in front of him and he's trying no. to remember everything. Yes, this is great. ridiculous. Dear <laughs> man, dear man, I'll now try and get you out of this one. The show I was doing in oh, America this is totally was off called the, the Armenian Fund That's what it was. Uh, Telephone. This yeah, is, of course it was, of course I, it was, because you remember that, uh, yeah? Yes. Um, but anyway, it <laughs> was, um, uh, this it was is the Armenian Fund. We raised 22 million. Wow. We raised a I'm lot just, of money. I'm doing this because totally off the cuff. This is why I have But no, it's great. It's great. We, um, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, we, we raised a lot of money wow. for that. Yeah. So, and, and it went to really good causes. That's good. Yeah, so, no, we were very, very blessed. I, I admit, this interview is totally off the cuff. That's what I love doing. This is why I'm not 
remember half the stuff. Go for it. He'll, 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 he'll now say something like, oh, and by the way, that TV thing you did eight years ago. It <laughs> was good. Um, yeah. <laughs> you have done a lot. So what, what, you tell me, what, when did you start deciding, you're sitting in a coffee shop, why did you start filming people randomly? Tell me, is it you know, because some of them are absolutely bloody hilarious. Well, the Is It Me, um, the Is It Me uh, TV show, which is uh, featured on YouTube uh, under my channel, which is at Kev Walkie. It's um, it's a TV show based around random people and and people that do stupid things. And and only yesterday did I film. It's on Facebook now. That 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 uh, Chinese lady who genuinely was sitting there talking to a ghost. She was talking to a, someone who wasn't there. And it was just the funniest thing I'd seen in years. And I just thought, I've got to film this and put it on to show the world, you know. Um, it's had masses of hits already, but it's just random things like that that crack me up. Absolutely crack me up. And that's why I film it. You, but you probably don't know, but I'm filming you right now because this is comedy for me. No, I'm just joking. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> but no, it's all good. It's all good. Nah, it's, it's great. It's great to sort of, I just like doing it. I haven't admit I was not preparing this but just like general chat chit chat off the cuff could be great absolutely it's and all before our hamburgers arrive as yeah. well that's great so, isn't it we will have to hoover them up very quickly yes say, 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 yes what time is it yes yes yeah. we do we do have to hoover them up very quickly that's a bit faster oh there you go oh yeah cheese please yeah there you go thank you burgers have arrived right so we're going to have to love and leave this lovely audience short and sweet short and sweet interview but it's been great just to have a brief chat and find out who Kev Orkin is on the Hampshire and Ramsey Unleashed podcast um, we wish him well and the rest of his couple Thank of shows you. at the King's Theatre uh, safe journey back down south to see his wife for a short time before he flies off to America and does his usual world tours and his projects and hopefully in the future we can su- see him again and support some of the projects he has coming up again in Edinburgh brilliant good. Okay, pleasure. Thank you. absolute pleasure mate Thank great. You. hope it's not been too nice cheers good. bye for now Right, that was the interview with Kev Orkin. It was great to see the guy and have a chat. Can you have a bit of a, a, a cafe called The Purple Pig? Um, hopefully next time we'll be able to get more chat uh, in the future when we meet up again, uh, hopefully later in the year when he's in Edinburgh. Um, he's here to view some shows for a project project that he couldn't talk about because it's something top secret. This man is 007, secretly. So uh, he could be the next 007. Want to audition, Kev? Go for it. <laughs> I think Daniel Craig will be retiring soon. So, uh, fancy the role? <laughs> Could be interesting. First Armenian 007. I think we're well, technically are British Armenian, I suppose. So, uh, you fancy the role? You can be Aston Martin. Anyway, I'll leave that one there. Um, no, it was good. great to chat to the guy. Um, but you can go to, if you want to find out a bit more about Kev Orkin, you can go to, you can search him online. It's K-E-V, as in Kev, Orkian, as in O-R-K-I-A-N, so Kev, you get Kev Orkian Live, I think it's dot .com, um, you'll find more about him, if anywhere he's touring, uh, if anywhere you can get his, download some of his stuff, uh, if you live in his area, you can find out a bit more of the Howling Comedy Club, um, and go and see some of the comedians on the show, um, yeah, so... I hope you enjoyed that, uh, listening to him, and as I say, and uh, hook up with the guy on his shows around, around Britain, and if you're in America, uh, go and see the guy, and go and chill out, and have a coffee, have a chat with him, if you know him, um, chat to him after his show, he's, he's very, 
very warm and chatty person after shows and loves he's just a, such a people person um, so I have every respect for this guy and every, and we wish him all the success and uh, with all his projects coming up and and as he develops himself develops uh, future talent coming up in, in the future with what with his stuff he does so happy days to say the least so thank you for listening to another episode of Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed it's been great uh, to entertain our worldly listeners um, from all over the world it's fun, uh, really I enjoy doing this I enjoy listening to, I, I like listening to other podcasts to sort of get hints and tips uh, I like listening to James Whale I find James Whale and Rob Oldfield I find them extremely funny if you know uh, there's James Whale radio show if you haven't listened to his go to jameswhaleradio.co.uk and have a listen to some of his podcasts John Gaunt has recently been doing uh, excuse me developing into podcast world so John Gaunt he was a, if you know those you know him a journalist used to write stuff for the sun newspaper must have been true yeah <laughs> sorry uh, <laughs> and also used to write things for he's been on talk for sport radio now he's kind of doing his own podcast he's trying to uh, I think he's not actually working at the moment so but uh, he's always developing into the podcast world trying to see how that develops for him so um, yeah also talk is Jericho I like listening to talk is Jericho because I like listening to interview I like wrestling he's an ex-wrestler but also the lead singer of Fozzie I like that's the kind of things I like the hat trick is obviously it's me. He's done a few interviews. The hat trick likes more the motor sport. He's more on the stronger political side. So there are the hat trick and Ramsey. But uh, I've just done this just now. Um, but it is the hat trick and Ramsey on these podcast show. It'd be some days we do things separately. We, we aim to do them together as much as possible at the moment, just due to our schedules because we can be a bit busy. Uh, but keep listening. Please give us your feedback on iTunes if you are listening to us on iTunes or you're listening to us via uh, Podbean or SoundCloud, please give us feedback. Get us on hattrickandramsey at gmail.com. You get us on the Facebook page. Comment on what we've talked about, because we'd love to get feedback, because you who listen to us are our critics. If for crap, tell us for crap so we can improve, so we can talk about better crap. <laughs> anyway, please tell us. Give us your feedback, because you're listeners or sexy beast listeners out there who are listening to this show is please we want to hear get your feedback be honest with us because constructive criticism is the best way forward and it's the only way we're going to improve and make things even better for the fantastic sexy sexy beast listeners around the world okay so anyway thank you again for listening take it easy stay hard stay hungry and enjoy the rest of your day week night Wherever you are, are listening to in the world, and whatever you're up to. Goodbye now. Bye-bye now. Goodbye, goodbye, bye-bye. Bye.